verse number 46 of Mark chapter number 10. And he came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the high highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, and he, gathering or casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith have made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight, and he followed Jesus in the way. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, help us. Lord, help us to know you as our personal Lord and Savior. It's not difficult to be saved. Lord, I pray that you would move in our hearts of any that be not saved here this morning. And Lord, help us who do know you as our personal Lord and Savior to follow you and to do what is right. Lord, help our eyes to be open to the truth. I pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. How many of you here have ever had a paper route? A few of us. Okay. Okay, good. I remember as a kid, I got a paper route when I was 10 years old. Uh, I remember going to my parents, asking them, actually I think it was nine. I remember going to my parents and saying, I need some money. And they said, you need to work. Nine. Can you believe that? So they, they phoned up the evening telegram, and they said, my, my kid needs some work. And they're like, well, we don't usually give paper routes until they're 10. And my dad waggled them into giving me a job when I was 9. I don't know how dad did that, but I got a job when I was 9. I had, I don't know, 24, 26 papers or something. And um, so I, was, I did that from I was 9 till I was 16. I did that paper route. And uh, I, I remember... Delivering papers in all kinds of weather, just like this out here today, and all all other kinds. And uh, I remember this one time; I was about twelve or thirteen years old. You know, uh, when there seems to be a time as teenagers where we have brains, but we're not really engaging them. Okay, for me anyway. I can't speak for all teenagers, and if you're offended, teenager, I'm sorry, but it just didn't happen for me. I hardly engaged it when I was twelve and thirteen years old. Okay, and this one day. I had a thought. That was my first mistake. I should have just did my papers as I was supposed to. But I had this thought. And ha- I mean, how many of you here have ever said, I can do this with my eyes closed? You all have said that. You, I mean, we're driving home sometimes, like, my car could do this on my own. I could do this with my eyes closed. You know, we've said it all in jest and things. So this one day, my thought was, I think I could do my papers with my eyes closed. See, I'm telling you, 12 and 13 years old, brain wasn't engaging. So I took my paper bag, you know, nice paper bag from the evening telegram written on the side, and I put the shoulder sling part over my eyes. I wish I was someone looking at the window when this happened, and it wasn't me that did this, but 
Uh, so now I'm going to tell you, do not attempt that, okay? Don't do that. But I did it. And I put it over my eyes. And um, I thought I was a pretty straight walker, even with my eyes closed. But apparently when I close my eyes, I immediately go hard left. And that's what happened. Okay, so in Newfoundland, too, um, we're really good at making dip, deep ditches, okay? Every road has huge ditches. I think it's just in case we have a lot of water and we put our fish in there and we can catch them later. But they're huge. At any rate, so uh, put the paper bag over my eyes. I immediately go hard left, and I'm thinking I'm doing great. Then all of a sudden, I had this sensation that I'm not really walking anymore. It's, I feel like I'm falling. That's because there's a ditch there, which is five feet deep. And at the bottom of that said five-foot ditch, there's about a foot and a half of water. So as I turn hard left and walk probably three steps, I'm in the ditch, in the water, splash-o. And I come up, take the paper bag off. I was smart there, right? I took the paper bag off my eyes. I am soaked. Now, I felt pretty bad about that. You know, I was soaking wet. And the water saved me, though, from any really physical harm, right? Because it, I splashed in. But that did not save me from the verbal adjustment I got from my parents. And about 20 minutes after I got home, and they're like, how come you're soaking wet? And when it's sunny out, it's kind of hard to describe and tell them anything but the truth, right? It's not like I was out in the rain all day like today. And I remember my parents giving me, you know, and I deserved a good tongue lashing for that event. The reality is I just want to put you in mind that there's lots of people who walk through the doors of this church right now. Everybody walked in here with your eyes open physically, right? Don't see anybody in here with C&I dogs or canes or any of that nature to get around. But sometimes our eyes are closed to spiritual truth. Sometimes our eyes are closed already because we have not accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And this story here... We meet a man who is absolutely blind. Absolutely blind. Bartimaeus could see nothing with his physical eyes, and yet he could see some things on a spiritual level that others cannot see today. This man was blind physically, but he had 20-20 spiritual vision. He knew where to go to get saved, amen? He knew who it was, and it was Jesus. And this morning, we need to understand that we need to be having our eyes open. And, uh, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, this message is really uh, geared towards those who do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But there's an absolute application for us as Christians, because sometimes we can get our eyes closed in our spiritual lives. We, we don't seem to care about what we should be doing. And we need to watch out for that. We need to see have our eyes open to what the Lord would have for us. And we need to make decisions that are right in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. We need to make sure that we're following what the Lord has laid out for our lives and, and using our spiritual vision to help us go forward. But the first step to have spiritual vision is to have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We see in verse number 46, And he came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of his people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of of Timaeus sat by the highway side begging. We see, first of all, his miserable situation. His miserable situation. He was blind. We're not told if this was from birth. We don't know if this was an accident 
we don't know, but blindness was a common condition in that day, uh, in the Bible times, uh, because of various diseases and sanitary conditions. So it's very possible he was born this way. We don't know for sure, and it doesn't really matter that we don't know for sure, but we do know in this portion of Scripture, he was blind. And because he was blind, he was a beggar. Because of his physical condition, Bartimaeus was prevented from finding and performing work in any order. How can you do it if you're blind? It's long before any kind of assistance that could help you get a job with being blind. And, uh, and it's uh, long before there's any kind of welfare programs offered by the government or by the municipality or region. Bartimaeus was totally dependent upon the generosity of others in order to survive. He just sat by that roadside. He was probably in a very pitiful, wretched condition, physically looking at him. He probably was outside on a day just like this. You know, over there it rains, and over there it gets cold at night too. You know, it would have been a very, I mean, compared to where we live in Ontario is a lot better, but it still was a very harsh way to live in the open. In the open. Probably slept in the open. No doubt he smelled. No doubt he looked unkept. How could he make himself look good when he couldn't see himself? He was at the mercy of so many people. And I wouldn't be surprised that he had been abused and misused by individuals with hard hearts and didn't care. I wouldn't be surprised he was. You know, in this condition, Bartimaeus portrays, is a great portrayal of every, uh, portrait, sorry, of every person who's outside Jesus Christ today. Like Bartimaeus, the lost person is spiritually blind. Ephesians 4.18, having understanding dark and being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. They're blind to their condition, uh, to their sin, and to their eternal doom. Only Jesus can open your eyes, amen? Only Jesus. Like Bartimaeus, the lost person is a spiritual beggar. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are spiritually blinded. There's nothing that you can do within yourselves to make yourself or yourselves able to see spiritually. Jesus Christ is the answer. And they're simply sitting by the way of life begging Spiritually, you might have all kinds of money. You might be have a great uh, relationships. Your family's fantastic, but spiritually, you are blind. As Jesus comes by, verse forty-seven, and we heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to cry out. In these verses, forty-seven to forty-nine, we see his determined cry. Bartimaeus was determined. Even though he was blind, he was able to see some things and, and others around him, and he had vision that others could not see. In the process of these verses, we see that he knew who Jesus was. He had some vision. Though he was physically blind, he knew that Jesus was something or someone he needed in his life. And we see he recognized who Jesus was. Uh, and he began to cry out in verse 47 and said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And you might say, well, Pastor, you're a little loud this morning. I'm a little tired. That's kind of loud. Could you imagine his cry, though? Let's go with the idea that he's been blind since birth. He's heard of Jesus. I want to talk to Jesus. 
I won't, I mean, I know how loud I can yell. I'm pretty sure Bartimaeus would blow me out of the water. I'm sure he heard the wonderful works of Jesus. He recognized who Jesus was. He had heard of the miracles, the wonderful works. He heard about the lepers being healed. He heard about the lame man walking. Those possessed with demons are now freed from them. He heard that Jesus rose the dead to life. I mean, come on! This is the man I need to meet! That's what he was thinking. And he was absolutely right. As he sat by the highway side, he heard the travelers talking. It's not that hard to hear overhear a conversation, is it? Yesterday, I went to a baseball game. And I was in line waiting to get in through the gate. And I heard this dad behind me talking to his son. And, and I wasn't trying to eavesdrop. It was just loud enough for me to hear. And his dad was, the dad was giving the boy some good advice. I gotta say, it was like, oh, good job, dad. You know, well done type of thing. But the reality is, as the travelers were walking by, uh, Bartimaeus, they were like, Jesus is coming. Jesus and has come. And his disciples are with him. You know, this wouldn't have been a hush hush affair. They would have been talking out loud and they heard, Bartimaeus heard it. And when he heard about Jesus, he knew that what Jesus had done for others and he said, he can do it for me too. Hey folks. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's lots of people here to tell you what Jesus has done for them and what He'll do for you. He'll do it for you. The first step in coming to Jesus for your... Well, it's the first step is coming to Jesus for your salvation. You must understand and recognize who He is and what He's done. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God have raised them from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So he recognized who Jesus was, and he recognized what Jesus could do. Amen. Bartimaeus figured it out. Bartimaeus exercised some faith in Jesus, which is key. You have to have faith in order to have salvation. Amen. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The idea is it puts everybody on the same level, right? There's nobody in this room, there's no one in this world has a, a, a greater claim to salvation. No, we're all the same. We all need salvation, and we all come the same way. There's no back door. There's no secret entrance. There's no VIP uh, treatment here. Everybody's the same. All of us need to come to Jesus. This poor blind man saw things that people who were in that multitude did not see. He, everybody that was walking with Jesus that day from Jericho did not realize who he was or did understand it, but Bartimaeus did. That's Jesus. I need Jesus. Maybe there's some in this room this morning who haven't figured it out either. Let me encourage you that you need Jesus. He changes things. He saw his greatest opportunity had come. Bartimaeus saw it. For years, this man had sat by the highway side, begging. Begging. Uh, we have gone, uh, our kids go to a dentistry uh, in the University of Toronto for all kinds of things, and We've gotten in there lots of times. They'll go trained and take the subway, and you get off the subway, and you walk into Elm Street there. That's uh, where they're at, located, the dentistry office. And we have done it for years. And you know what? We see the same beggars there quite often. People there are looking for money. You know, and it's 
same guys. I mean, sometimes it changes up sometimes, but same. And this is the same idea with Bartimaeus. He was there. We don't know how long, uh, but he was helpless, wasn't he? And he was hopeless. His condition was not anything anybody in this room or anyone in this world would envy. Say, I want to be like Bartimaeus. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm sure he was abused. He was mocked. Maybe, uh, you know, hard-hearted people would throw stones at him and knock him around. People haven't changed, right? People are people, and some of them are pretty bad in, in, in treating others inappropriately. And as Jesus passed by, it, it dawned on Bartimaeus that if Jesus is who he claims to be, this is the greatest opportunity that I ever have. Just put put yourself in Bartimaeus' shoes. You probably didn't have shoes. But put yourself in this story and think that you've been sitting on this roadside for maybe decades and this is your greatest opportunity. This is it. And as, as a result of crying out, the Lord did have mercy on him. Bartimaeus, though he's blind sees an opportunity that stares him right in the face. Does he not? He sees this opportunity. Jesus is passing by. I need to seize the opportunity. I need to seize the day. And he wasn't going to let it go by. Maybe this morning you're sitting in this room and this is the greatest opportunity that you'll have to accept Jesus Christ as Savior. Don't pass it by. Don't pass it by. He will not force himself into your life. If Bartimaeus did not cry out to Jesus, we have no recollection in the Word of God that he would have went to Bartimaeus. But Bartimaeus knew he needed him. And Jesus today is just waiting for you to call upon him. And he will save you. He won't pass you by. He's calling you to him. Come to me. Hey, let me encourage you to answer, obey the moving in the heart of, in your heart to come to Jesus. It will change things. He saw an opportunity that might never come again. And, you know, he didn't know if Jesus was going to come back this way again. There wasn't like an itinerary on the internet that he could find out when Jesus was coming back through to preach and teach or anything. This could be it. He never knew we had another chance. And he wasn't going to miss it while Jesus was near. Again, you need to understand that salvation is passing you by right now. As I'm preaching this message, I'm preaching salvation. Salvation is passing by you right now. Don't let it go by. Seize it. You can't tell me you have this afternoon. You can't tell me you'll have till 12 o'clock today. You don't know. I don't know. Seize the opportunity. Seize as it comes by. Isaiah 55, verse 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He's near. He's near right now. Don't let it go by. Don't let it slip through your fingers. He saw that Christ's way was far better than His own. After Bartimaeus had received healing from the Lord, he was told to go thy way. However, he saw Christ's way was far better than his own. And he followed Jesus. According to Luke chapter 18, verse 43, it says, And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. There's a lesson here for everyone who has been saved. 
You have come to that place. You have seized the opportunity. You have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And, and now you need to follow Him. And if you've been saved, you know that your life has been miraculously changed. Amen? It's different now than it used to be. It's been transformed. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And so as a Christian, uh, we don't we don't chase those things anymore that we did before we knew Jesus Christ the Savior. Now we're on a different path. We're near, we have a new man, amen? And we should be doing what's right. I understand there's a battle. I understand there's a battle with the flesh, the old man, the new man, spiritual life. I understand that there's a battle, but we're going forward with Jesus Christ. We're not following the things of the world anymore. The world's not our master. Jesus is. Who are you following? Because we gotta be careful, Christian, because we live in the day and age, and every age is the same, that we can be influenced to follow the world. Hey, you're gonna be normal, do what the world does. You're gonna be different, you're gonna follow Jesus, and the world's gonna say, you're different. You're different. I'm okay with being called different. I'm okay with that. Because I'm trying to follow my Savior. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to fall. I'm going to falter. And everybody around me is going to see that he's human. He has sin nature just like everybody else. But he's saved and he's trying to live for Jesus. Is that the testimony that you have in your life, Christian? When people get around you, do they know that you're different? We've got new desires. We've got a new focus. So verse 47, he cried out, and then verse 48. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. You know, they, they probably a little embarrassed at him getting loud like that. You know, shh, Bartimaeus, be quiet. Blind man, don't say anything. This is an important time for Jesus. Leave him alone. And I really got, I, I, I like this guy's spirit. But then he cried the more, more a great deal. It wasn't like he raised the decibel a little bit. I mean, he brought his A game and called out to Jesus. And it wasn't like anymore like, Jesus! That was, Jesus! As loud as he could do it. It's almost like them saying no. It was like, <clears throat> here we go. I'm going to go louder. You know, because he knew he needed, he repeated the cry. His determination was so great to get help from the Lord that he continued to cry out and he simply got louder as they said, hey, shh, he went louder. You know what? You know what we see here? He wasn't hindered and bothered by the opinions of others. Remember, there was a multitude that walked by. We don't have any reference, any scripture pointing that there was other people with Bartimaeus but himself sitting on the highway and these people were telling him to be quiet and he raised his voice even louder. I need Jesus. We need to be careful that we don't get influenced by so many people's opinion. The most important thing is what God says. This is not, I mean, it is the opinion of God, but it's greater than the opinion of God. This is what God's Word says. Follow that. And listen, if people's opinions are kind of fuzzy compared to the Word of God, then they're fuzzy. The Word of God's not. Follow the Word of God. Follow what it says. Go forward with it. And don't don't be hindered or bothered by the opinions of others. And I understand that it's a constant battle because people love to give their opinion. 
Anybody else find people like that? Come on, raise your hand. Couple people, okay. The rest of you, you're living the you're living the good life then. Now I joke around with my kids sometimes. They they're they're giving me their opinion about something. I look at them. I say, you know what I think? You know what opinions are like? Oh no, I say everyone has opinions. They're like armpits. Everybody has them, but most of them stink. Hey, what does God say? That's the most important. What does God say? I understand that God has given us counselors and people to help us. I totally get that. And I don't mess around like that if they're talking serious. I'm talking about like if they want to go to McDonald's or Burger King or something foolish. Okay? The reality is we need to know what the Word of God says. That'll give us the liberty to go forward for Jesus. I love His Spirit. Regardless of what anybody else thought, He just did it. He knew He needed Jesus. There's going to be moments, situations, and circumstances. Christian, there's going to be people who are going to stand in your way and say, don't do that. Hey, if the Word of God tells you to do it, you better do it. You need to get on page. You need to be on focus with what the Word of God has to say. I'm so glad that Jesus loves us. Amen. I love that we sang that song this morning. Jesus loves me. This I know. It's absolutely true. He removes, hey, if we come to Jesus and we don't know Him, and we ask Him into our lives, we accept His salvation that He so freely offered, He changes things. He changes things. He removes the bondage to sin and bondage to a, a system of belief that's totally wrong, contrary to the Word of God. He, he sets us free from the chains of sin. He's a life-changing uh, Savior, amen. He brings light into our lives. Lord, before we were in the dark, thinking we were doing great. Hey, folks, I thought I was doing fantastic when I had that paper bag over my eyes walking down that street. I thought I had it figured out. I had done it thousands of times before. I knew the way, but I was blinded. And there's so many people blinded by sin today. They need Jesus. He's the only answer. There is no one else in this universe. You can study every religion, every cult, every faith system, and outside of Jesus, there is no way. There is no way. You need Jesus. Be like Bartimaeus and get serious about coming to Jesus. Bartimaeus wasn't joking around. He needed Him. And he's worthy of any price. He, he's worth any loss you might have. You might say, well, I will lose this friend. Listen, it's worth it. Jesus is worth it. He's worth losing something for. He changes things. I, I, you get serious about coming to Him. And don't, let, don't let nothing get in your way. No family, no friends, no sin. You get to Him and see what happens. Our life will be changed. In this world... And the one to come. Because there's life after this. There's life after this. So he called up the great deal more in verse 48 and 49. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man saying unto him, Be of good comfort. Rise. Calleth, he calleth thee. I, you think that 
blind Bartimaeus might have been getting a little bit emotional calling out to Jesus. Let's remember for decades, most likely, we don't have for sure records, but he was blind for a while and this is the only opportunity he knows about that he can receive sight. Do you think you got a little emotional? Do you think there might be tears coming down the, his crusted eyes? Do you think that his face was red from crying out? Maybe his voice was hoarse? Uh, and maybe he was just so emotionally drained? Because that idea of be of good comfort, that means cheer up! Cheer up! He, he calls you. He calleth thee. When Jesus heard the cry of this beggar in the crowd, he stopped in his tracks, called for Bartimaeus to come. Oh man, I'm sure he must have been crying just to get the opportunity to get to Jesus. To get to Jesus. His faith was honored. And verse number 50, he said, And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said, And what will that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. He came, his faith was honored. He received an audience with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, i got some good news for you. Jesus is never too busy to hear your cry. He's never too busy. There's nothing in this universe more important to Him than you. And there's a whole lot of people on this earth, but He wants everyone to come to Him. Amen? All would come to Him. Hey, let's remember the price He paid. He didn't pay that price so just a few. He paid that all could come. He paid that price. He proved His love for us when He climbed Calvary's mountain and He died on that cross. He paid our penalty on the cross. I promise you, if you cry out to Him, He will be there. His personal cost. Verse 50, we saw He cast away His garment, rose, and came to Jesus. When Jesus called, Bartimaeus got up to go. And He said, cast away His garment. That means he threw it aside, his outer coat. He took it off and he threw it away and he came to Jesus. Now, let's remember, Bartimaeus didn't have much in the way of resources, right? Didn't have a great job from 9 to 5. His job 24-7 was begging. That was it. And he really did have to deal and lean upon people for their charity just to help him get by uh, because he couldn't do it on his own. So that outer coat, I don't know where he would have got it, but it would have been very valuable, don't you think? Keep him warm in those cold nights. Maybe you could kind of use it for a bit of shade on a hot summer day. Maybe like today where it's raining, he could put it over his head to give him some protection from the rain. And he must have known when he threw it off that someone else was going to take it. Well, maybe, maybe it smelled and things, but they could wash it up. They could use it. He must have known that he... There's a great potential of losing it. Remember, he's blind. He, he, how could he find it again? However, he counted the cost and was willing to pay whatever price was necessary to get to Jesus. I don't want anyone to leave here today under an impression to come to Jesus without, without personal cost, because there is. There is. And I don't want to scare you away from salvation. I just want to be honest with you. Sometimes it's a price... The pay is high. Uh, I know I, I uh, went to Bible college with some uh, some individuals, guys and girls, who uh, whose families pretty much just owned them because they got saved and they want to serve Jesus Christ in ministry, full-time ministry. 
I remember one girl in particular. I remember her last year. She came into chapel and her she was bawling, and we didn't know like what happened. Come to find out that her parents said yes, we'll come to your graduation. She told us that those other three years they hardly talked to her. There's a, there is a part. The price. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. And there's others who uh, uh, who have come from other you know uh, religious systems, uh, Hindu and Muslim and other uh, religious systems that way, who have been shunned and even their lives taken because they have accepted Jesus Christ by their own family. Some have given up home and even their lives because they chose to serve and follow Jesus. Hey. When we get saved, we give up the world. Amen? Hey, one day I was traveling my life. I was doing my own thing. I was following my desires, my lusts, my whatever, my focus, my vision for life. And one day I met Jesus at the crossroads of my life. I understood I can't follow that anymore. i got to follow Jesus. You know, I had all kinds of friends over here. People I grew up with. People I would hang around with. They didn't follow. You know, if I try to contact them today, they won't even respond to me. Hey, I lost. But boy, did I ever gain. Did I ever gain. There's no comparison in the gain. However great the cost might be for you, in the end, the cost is so cheap compared to what the worth of your soul in Mark chapter 8, we looked at this a few weeks ago now. Uh, Mark chapter 8 and verse number 36. It said, What shall a profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Listen, it, it, what you might lose here on this earth, it, man, it's, it's well overtaken by a relationship with Jesus here on this earth. And what's to come if you know Jesus? Don't be afraid of the cost. Because the cost is pretty low. It's worth it. It's worth it. I love the antidote here in verse number 51. And Jesus answered and said to him, What wilt that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Now, do you think he said it that way? Lord, that I might have my sight? No, I think he was weeping. I think he was emotional. This was his chance. Let's let's try to put our minds on our, where we are right now into this story. And this is what this man is saying. Lord, help me. I, mean, I don't know if his eyes were open and since the eyelids were open and they were shut closed. I don't know. We're not told that. But he was looking, he says, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Have you ever noticed when some kid wants something really bad, it's just not like, can I have that? Who's got kids here? Come on, raise your hand. Who's got kids here? Okay. So when someone really wants something, it's like, hey, Dad, can I have that? No, it's, please, Dad, I want that. Oh, then they bring out the need, right? I need that! And you're like, what? A lollipop? You need a lollipop? Or what? I mean, we understand they don't use the word correctly, 
But you understand what they're doing there. They're pleading. And I believe that's exactly what this man's doing here. He's pleading. I need that Lord, I might receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. When Bartimaeus came to Jesus, he was asked a very important question. And his response was one of pure faith. He trusted Jesus to heal him. And then the impossible happened. The blind man received his sight. And was restored to wholeness at the word of Jesus. Jesus spoke it and it happened. What a Savior, amen? What a Savior. And we need to understand this. The idea of being made whole literally means He he saved you. He, he got more than a physical healing that day. He had a spiritual healing that day as well. He was healed. Amazingly. So what happens when a lost person responds to the gospel of Jesus Christ. When faith is exercised, the power of God moves in that person's life and God saves them instantly, completely, and eternally. Listen, folks, there's people out there, there's churches out there that teach you that, oh, you get a little bit saved and you got to do this to get a little bit more saved. And you do but if you're bad, you'll lose some of it and go back. Listen, you accept Jesus Christ as Savior, you're eternally saved. Completely. He doesn't mess it up. He gets it right. It's all the way. The whole thing. Instantly, completely. And this day of, of religion, self-righteousness, we understand it's through faith in Jesus Christ alone. It's only through Him. And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. I mean, if you hear any other message where it's Jesus plus this, or my word plus this book, and then maybe a little bit of Jesus, they are wrong. It's Jesus. Tell them they're wrong. It's Jesus. That's it. It's through Him. At the moment He gets healed, Jesus tells him to, you know, go thy way. Thy faith had made thee whole. But Hermaeus didn't want to go away. He wants to be with Jesus now. He healed him. He saved him. And we see this repeated numerous times in the Gospel. Uh, the maniac of uh, the, the Gadarean demoniac, the, the man of, uh, of many demons, Mark chapter 5. You know, he wanted to follow Jesus too after he was saved. Now, Jesus sent him away on a different mission, but we know that this Bartimaeus followed Jesus. It reminds us that when we get saved... When salvation comes into our life, there's a desire to do the things of God. Amen. There's a desire. And there should be. The saved person will want to walk with the Lord. Will want to go to church. I've got to be honest. When I meet someone who says they're saved, but they never want to go to church, I'm like, what? Why don't you? Why don't you want to gather with those who believe the same thing you do in Jesus Christ and get together in fellowship? Why, why don't you want to spend time with other Christians? I don't understand that. Why not? God has placed us within the church to help us grow and reach the world. Get involved. Hey, you want to be around other saints. Now, I understand that we got to work. Not everyone's called a full-time ministry. I understand that. And I think you all do here as well. You have to work in secular workplaces. And you're trying to reach them for Christ. And they're their workmates and things. But you should love to get around the saints. Encourage you in the Lord. Uh, I love visiting folks uh, uh, in our church. Don't get up to church as much and sit down and chat. We talk about all kinds of things, the weather and, uh, and the news, but I always love that it comes back to Jesus. 
I love spending time in prayer with them. And, and I mean, it just encourages me. They say, Pastor, thanks for coming. You encouraged me. Hey, I got encouraged too. Because we're serving Jesus. Amen. We're serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, man, things radically change when Jesus comes in your life. It will be dramatic. It's not just a, oh, it's not that. No, it's, it changes. It's life changing. You think about it in the Word of God where we see where Jesus comes into people's lives and it's changed radically. Hey, when Jesus saves you, He wants to make, wants to help you make a difference in this world. Christian, are you making a difference in this world? Are you influencing others for Jesus Christ? Is your profession seen by others? It's just not a talk, it's a life. One day, a Christian and an individual believed in communism were sitting in a park bench watching the world go by and and as they watched, a poor drunk walked by dressed in rags. He was begging. And this individual who believed in that political system of communism pointed to the beggar and said, communism would put a new suit on that man, knowing the individual next to him was a Christian. To which the Christian responded, I love this response, maybe so, but Jesus Christ can put a new man in that suit. That's what it's all about, folks. What's this? It's the man. A new man. New creature. Through salvation, amen? It's through Jesus. Folks, you don't need to turn over a new leaf. How many times have I heard that? Oh, pastor, I'm trying to turn over a new leaf. What leaf was you trying to turn over? Oh, i got to give up this habit. i got to give up this habit. You don't need more religion, folks. You need a relationship. That's what's needed. You don't need to try to make a bunch of worthless external changes because in here, it's still broken. Still broken in here, so trying to change things out here is not going to change this. This has to change, and you can't change it. Jesus does. Jesus changes the heart. What you need this morning above anything else is to be born again. You need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I remember, I know I've relayed this story to you before, but I just love it because I just saw this individual, this man, when we're in Newfoundland, tried to reach this fellow for Jesus. And I would come into his house and he'd have all the beers lined up on his table. He knew I was coming. He'd line up all the beers and he'd drink beers as I was talking to him. Now later on he told me, he said, I kind of did that to intimidate you. I was like, you think liquid's going to intimidate me? He laughed at that time, but he, and you know, I'd say, you know, he wasn't drunk or anything because it's very ineffective to try to witness to a drunk because they don't know what's going on. But I tried to tell him about the Lord and he came to church and he'd sit there drinking beer. He said, I love my beer, pastor. I got to give it up before I get saved. I said, no, you don't. He looked at me. I said, you got to get saved and the Lord take care of that. Lord, take care of that. And whatever it is in your life, you'll take care of. I'm so glad a few, a few months later, he got saved. And you know what he came back and told me? He said, Jesus, help me with that beer. I don't drink anymore. I never went through no 12-step process with him or anything. I said, you get things right with Jesus, and he'll help you have the right kind of life, my friend. That's our Lord. That's our Savior. And whatever it is, it might be something else in your life. I don't know what it is. 
But don't say, I'm going to turn that over. No, you come to Jesus today and He'll change you inside out. Come to Him. Hey, folks, you've done that and you know it. And maybe you say an amen and maybe out loud, maybe in your heart, you're like, I know that's true, Pastor. Pastor Alcock, I know I've been changed. Are you living for Jesus? Or are you kind of a spiritual beggar right now? Hey, we can get away from the Lord, can't we? Christian, we can get our eyes off the Lord and what we should be doing and get them on the things of this world and get hauled away into it a little bit. Hey, this is the time to get up out of that ditch. Hey, get up out of that ditch and get serving Jesus. Get up off the sideway begging of the highway of life. Get up out of there and follow Jesus. Do what He has for you. Serve Him. And show to those around you that He is a life changer. This morning, Jesus is passing by. What will you choose?